0: Next on Making Sense of the Madness, the left is getting violent and there are Democrats who are instigating it and fueling the fire. James Topp is marching across Canada for health freedom. He'll be giving us an update today. And Kevin Jenkins is going to give us an special announcement about the new Z Freedom Foundation. And Chris Paul will analyze how Biden and the globalists plan to waste $600 billion at the G7. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now.
1: some secret sleepers. Like, we need, we need them to run as the other side, even though they for our side. And we need right, them to win. Right. We need people to run as Republicans in these local elections. And this is the only way you're going to change the, the dynamics in South Carolina. We can battle them in public all day. As long as we know we're working for the same goal, mm-hmm. for me, yeah. I feel like, y'all, we need sleepers. When we get enough of us in there, we can wreak havoc, and havoc for real from the inside out. Then we can flip some yeah. from the inside out. We got to take back some of these seats, especially in these local elections. We need a group of sleepers. And I still got to struggle to raise money for my campaign. Where the f- is my black people with money? I don't care about no dope money. Give me that dope boy money. Where the, f- is dope, where the duffel bag boys? Get you Find you somebody in your family that don't even know you donating to my campaign and put that under their name. Honestly, these ain't the same type of black people that I grew up around. I don't um, recognize these black, black, black. so I black because I don't understand the type of black that they are. Now, can I talk intelligently? Can I? I could do listen. I can move in all kind of circles, but I'm a heart. <laughs> I love black people. I feel safest around my feet. I'm very much a in a lot of ways, but I know how to turn it off and turn it on. You know, I I know how to I know how to be in certain spaces. You know, you right, gotta be right. able to turn it off and turn it on. Yeah. We need some folks that can wear all black at night and take their yard signs down when they when they sleeping. We ain't gotta mm-hmm. make a bunch of noise about it. We ain't gotta we ain't gotta go mm-hmm. live about it. Just nice go <laughs> say just like when somebody dropped money and you pick it up. You
0: pick that <laughs> up and keep walking right. Well that was a Democrat coaching a prison inmate on how to infiltrate local Republican elections. The latest from Project Veritas. Well, now we know their playbook. So vetting candidates is really that much more important now. Well, in the wake of overturning Roe v. Wade, we've had a fanatical reaction from the left. Celebrities are renouncing their U.S. citizenship. Corporations are offering all-expense-paid trips to states that still allow abortions. And now there's the New York AG who explains just what New York tax dollars will cover if you want to travel to their state to kill your own child. Let's take a look.
1: We've established a fund in the state of New York to pay for individuals traveling to New York to seek abortions, for lodging, for daycare. This is a state that respects the right of women to choose, that respects the autonomy of individuals over their own bodies.
0: Yeah, the left is rallying behind the concept of a night of rage now where they, quote, take to the streets. Well, the violence has been considerable. Let's take a look at the protest in Eugene, Oregon. Yes, many violent protesters were forced to be arrested there. And now in Los Angeles, a protester made a homemade flamethrower, injured an officer, and now he is charged with attempted murder. Take a look at this footage.
2: Holy shit.
0: So is this reaction to the overturning of Roe v. Wade organic? Or are there Democrat leaders stoking the flames? Let's see what AOC had to say. (stiffs) (steans) (struggles) (coughs) Yes, that's AOC encouraging them to go to the streets. And what are they going to do on the streets when they're there? Well, certainly there's going to be agent provocateurs doing violent acts. I believe the Democrats have blood on their hands when they actively promote this kind of violence You know They look the other way. They play naive. They refuse to condemn the targeting of our Supreme Court justices. The mask really has slipped. They're exposing their true nature and I don't think voters will get behind this kind of party in 2022 midterms or for the foreseeable future. Well, James Topp is a veteran who is marching across Canada to meet with Parliament on behalf of freedom-loving Canadians. Let's uh, talk to him now. He's on the move. I believe he's walking across Canada as we speak. James, what's the latest? Hi how you doing? Doing well. Okay yeah the latest is
3: that is uh, June 27th uh, we are on the outskirts of Ottawa. The last time we spoke I believe we were uh, a few hundred kilometers away and now we are in the double digits. Um, On the 22nd of June I was able to arrange a meeting with uh, members of parliament here in Canada and speak to them about uh, my protest and the reasons why I'm protesting. And um, uh, Just to reiterate that, it's, it's because I, I initially began this protest because I'm a federal government worker and I don't think the federal government should be able to tell us um, how to be healthy or what we need to put into our body to be healthy. So I'm protesting against mandates or the need to disclose your vaccination status or any other procedure. Uh, speaking out on behalf of those who lost their employment. I'm speaking out on behalf of those who were forced to take this so they can keep their job. That's what I went to speak to members of Parliament about. And I also spoke about what I see as a solution. I call it the uh, 3 R We're talking about repealing mandates, reinstating workers, granting institution for wages lost. And that's going to equal repair because what we have in this country, right? right now divide in a society that is unprecedented uh, it's a discriminatory system that's been imposed on us and we are in a place now where uh, we really need to address this because we have a number of other issues that are affecting us and um and they have to do with inflation and uh high prices you know virgin debt and so forth so um, just one second hey how you doing so even uh these are the things that you know with the help of the canadian public with the help of members of my team um you know what encouraging about it is we did get members of parliament to attend i was able to speak to them address them bring to them uh what i saw as a solutions and hopefully uh what i left it with was the, uh, an open-ended kind of uh, appointment where we can go forward and uh, come up with a strategy on how to implement the 3R equation, right? Um, It's not that hard. It begins with an outstretched hand, which I extended to uh, the federal government, and I'm hoping that um, they take it up. Uh, Where we are, though, is I still intend to complete this march. Um, if you're not aware of what's happening here in this country, uh, there has been a quote-unquote suspension of mandates, and I'm not sure if I had spoken about that or not earlier, but I will just reiterate, uh, they are only suspended and uh, will be re-implemented at the drop of a hat should there be the, uh, the um, should a new uh, marvellous variant uh, rear its ugly head in the near future. So. This needs to be dealt with um, by full repealing of the mandates as we can conclusively show with the experts I've consulted with that none of the measures were in fact uh, uh, necessary or effective and probably did more harm than good. So um, the the fact is um, we're not out of the woods yet with regards to suspending mandates and I intend to complete this march. I'm going to be marching up to the War Memorial in the capital city of Ottawa on the 30th of June. And uh, it's gonna be a celebration of uh, of a protest march that has spanned uh, almost 43, well 4,400 kilometers. Um, And so, you know, you're looking at 2,700 miles. To put it in perspective, uh, if I would have marched from Seattle to Syracuse, New York, that is the distance that I've marched uh, with the help of my team. So um, that's where we're at. It's been a pretty amazing experience met a lot of great Canadians along the way. I don't know if you remember last time. I've got a bunch of them with me today and uh, we are in a rural area just outside of Ottawa and we're going to uh, get to Ottawa on the 30th of June, celebrate the completion of this march and begin the next chapter of uh, of Canada marches and what becomes of it.
0: This is encouraging that Parliament at least listened to what you had to say Um, But, you know, they don't like all this bad, all this bad press that you're giving them. I mean, the more you march and the more the media pays attention to you, the worse it is for the Canadian politicians. They probably just want you to go away and be quiet, do your march, come to Ottawa, go home and just be quiet for the rest of your life. But it seems like you're the type of person that's not just going to go away uh, if they don't actually engage with some type of process to respect rights of Canadians. Is that right? 100%. There's uh,
3: there's a lot to be said with that last statement. Um, Encountered folks who have suffered bad luck deployment. We got families who have not spoken to each other in in months and months. And um, this needs to be addressed. This needs to be repaired. Like I said, uh, you know, with without the without a, some kind of a communication, some kind of dialogue, at least some kind of attempt at moving forward. Um, absolutely. This is something that's probably going to have to continue. As a peaceful protest, um, and in the, in the, you know, using a kind of philosophy that was established in the East, and uh, namely, I'm, I'm referencing, um, you know, Gandhi. Uh, this is, this is.
0: Looks like we lost audio there, but there's a great update from uh, James oh, Tom. Thank you so much. James for joining us today. We're going to have to go to our next guest now. His name is Kevin Jenkins. He's going to give us a special announcement about Dr. Zelenko's Freedom Foundation as soon as we get back.
2: Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax-deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate-free, and they can provide an income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio, and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024.
0: Kevin Jenkins is the CEO of the Urban Global Health Alliance Kevin, thanks for joining us today. You know, you're such a valued member of the AMP family. We love the work that you do. Not everybody knows what you've been up to the last year. Give us a little update and then tell us what's next for you.
4: Well, I've been traveling around the country. I'm probably up to 350,000 miles, um, 60 cities, 45 states, talking to Americans about faith, family, and freedom. And, you know, I resigned from the Urban Global Health Alliance, but I'm still the chairman um, of the organization, because I think it's important that that institution keeps growing. But then, you know, in the last couple of weeks, I was called to a meeting with our dear friend, um, Dr. Zelenko, and he asked me and Anne Vandersteel to become the co-chairs of his foundation, the Z Freedom Foundation. And that was a great honor because he represents such so much courage. He represents what the country should be, you know, um, standing up against. He's always standing up against the tyranny. He's always standing up for our health. And, you know, somebody like him, thinking about him passing on and dying, you know, coming up with this foundation idea, I thought was just absolutely brilliant. And I have some history in that space. So I was very proud and I was very excited that he asked us and Van and myself to lead the charge, but to also protect his legacy of truth, protect his legacy of bringing hope to America, protecting his legacy of bringing this country into well care, not sick care, taking you out of sick care. And I was excited to be tapped for that. I, I'm still in, really in awe about it because it is such a responsibility to live and take on his legacy for the next part of my life.
0: This is wonderful news. I mean, we all love uh, Dr. Z. He's done great work and he's woken up a lot of people. He's so, so courageous with his messaging and now it seems like he just wants to carry that on. What's that gonna look like?
4: Well, you know, our focus is real, it's real simple. First of all, we're building a foundation of truth, not like the Gates Foundation, not like Soros's foundation, not like any of the foundations, Rockefeller Foundation. We're going to be training new leaders for the future. We're going to be working with new biochem- um, biochemical com- technology companies, I should say, that's going to be breaking that that system up, that the system that believes they can control our bodies, coming up with new ideas to heal the body coming up with new ideas to create opportunity in the wellness um, sector as opposed to the sickness sector. And the next third phase of that is we're gonna be really trying to change the culture of health in this country. And so that's something that I'm excited about. So the first three to four quarters, we're gonna be working on that. So, you know, the Z Freedom Foundation is just a stepping stone of what I believe Dr. Zelenko wants for the country and wants for the world, a free sovereign community of people doing all of the important things that are necessary to build a new world, build a new country, but based on the principles of God and truth.
0: That's wonderful. And you and Ann Vandersteel are are excellent communicators and uh, media influencers. So what's this gonna look like as you're sharing truth in a media format?
4: Well, I I think Ann is gonna be focused in that area a lot more than me. I'm gonna be working on trying to, how do we build the organization the structure the organization? How do we build the right institutional science? How do we strategically lay out what happens in the next four quarters? I mean, she's a dynamo. I mean, working with her has just been an absolute breath of fresh air. So we're going to be back and forth. Maybe I'll take on a a show sooner than later, you know, and see if we can wrap all of the things that we're doing with the Z Freedom Foundation um, into that space. But I think right now, we're going to be really working on building the structure of the institution making sure the institution of science works, making sure people around the country understand that they should join us, making sure that Dr. Zelenko's vision of truth and making sure that God is in the center of it and making sure that these young
0: people and these companies and our institution is the force to be reckoned with. So what kind of resources are people going to be able to access? Is it going to be a website with different uh, documents and videos and so forth? Is it going to be a lot of partnering with other institutions? What kind? Well, it's going to be all of that, actually. You know, right now we're working
4: on what that looks like. For instance, the first phase of this is the um, the ZEV Fellows, the Zelenko Fellows, where we choose people all around the country to come in and work on public policy, come in and work on how to change the healthcare system in this country, work on how do we build communities of trust around our health. So that, I believe, is the that's paramount to the future of this country. And I think that the Zelenko Fellows will be operationalized very, very soon to help us to grow out what those platforms are. If it's media, if it's health, if it's education, if it's you know anything that's related to businesses and emerging businesses, I think those that's the start. That's the real foundation of the country. How do we save our children? How do we get our children and young people to understand that to be free thinkers, to be free sovereign human beings is important, but also participate in building a foundation, a lasting foundation that has sustainable roots in this country.
0: And you've been speaking at these Clay Clark Reawaken America Tour events and perhaps many other events as well. As you said, you've been really busy. Are you going to keep that up? Are you going to keep oh, yes, on absolutely. sharing yes. oh, messages? Yeah. Uh, only, you know, you're going to be able to do it a little bit on behalf of the foundation now.
4: Absolutely. I'm going to be speaking about the foundation all over the country. I'm going to continue to stay on the road talking about faith, family, and freedom. It's all It's really basically all the same thing. But now we're doing it from an institutional side. And that's why I was so proud of Urban Global Health Alliance. That's why I was so proud and still proud to be a member and partner of the Freedom Travel Alliance. That's why, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I come from that background. I understand business, I understand community development, I understand how to build stuff. But I think this foundation is the start of something dynamic, and something new. And only Dr. Zelenko could have thought about it. Building a foundation, Making sure that it's principled, making sure that it's focused, making sure we spread the country around the country, spread the spread the message around the country, and making sure that people come and join us.
0: Yeah, it's good to see conservatives get organized. You know, we can't always be reacting to things and complaining instead instead of actually doing something. I think that's the whole point of the Reawakening America tour event, right? It's to fire people up, get them to take action. And uh, this is going to be great to have you and Ann doing the leadership here to carry on his legacy. And so tell us what Dr. Z is saying right now and your meetings with him. Get us a little peek <laughs> into what, what his, his thought process is at this very moment.
4: He said, stay tough, stay focused, stay committed, make sure God is in the center of it and make sure we destroy the system that has been attempting to destroy our lives. That's what he stands for. That's what his commitment, He listen, it's very interesting. That's a very important question because I asked him that question. He said, I want God as the center. I want you to be tough. I want you to fight back against these tyrants. And I want this foundation to fly. And that was his exact words to us.
0: That's very inspiring. We're going to take a quick break. I want to dig into this a little bit more because I have a feeling this is going to be a lot bigger than people are realizing as soon as we get back.
5: Like Clark, and I'm not an inventor. And this is Bob. My name is Bob Healy, and I'm
0: the inventor of the Grillblazer Grill Gun.
5: Gentlemen, let me introduce you to
0: oh. the grill gun. Oh!
5: I would agree that anyway. I need that. Yes. So Bob, how
3: does your equation work? Okay, now hang on. It's a fairly sophisticated equation. You have a grill
2: gun. It creates fire. Fire plus grilling equals America.
3: Push it down and... Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Check
1: it out!
5: <laughs> fire plus grilling equals America!
0: talking to Kevin Jenkins of the Z Freedom Foundation. Kevin, you know, the left, you can say a lot of bad things about them if you want to. But one thing you can say is that the people at the top are stupid because they're smart like foxes and they really weaponize nonprofit organizations, foundations, funding sources, and they're able to create these types of corporate bodies to get things done and move their agenda forward. And sometimes on the right, uh, the conservatives don't have that type of organization. Or, so, so can you tell me what is missing right now well, that you think that the Z Freedom Foundation is going to fill in some of those blanks?
4: Well, well, Sean, that's a, that's a very important um, question you were just start laying out there. I come from that background. I come from that nonprofit sector. I come from the foundation community. I come from the nonprofit community, and I've seen this done over and over and over again for the past several decades. I've actually probably used some of this language that people are using. So I have a very interesting insight of why this foundation is gonna be so important and why that, you know, we have to go more retail and stay single focused on building what the future is through our children, building what our new business community looks like through our whole biotechnology aspect of it, making sure that we build a healthier community by changing the culture of health, because I believe a healthy um, community represents a healthy society. And we're gonna go real deep there. And I think this is gonna be the first time in a long time that not only conservatives, not only just Democrats and Republicans, but Americans are gonna be working with a foundation that's single focused on building a better world, single focused on saving humanity, single focused on saving the family, and single focused on making sure that it's faith-based and that we have a single focus on changing and helping to develop a new world for our communities. So we're going to be really, really diving deep, and it's going to take a lot of work. And that's why we're creating, you know, the Z Freedom Fighters and making sure that they support us on this long journey and help to donate on this long journey, because we have a big monster we're fighting. I mean, your show, Making Sense of the Madness, what's happening right now with Roe versus Wade, what's happening right now with prayer in schools, what's happening right now by fighting and preserving our Constitution. This organization is going to be focused on all of that. We're not gonna leave anything on the table. And I think we're gonna be the guidepost on how we build that new world, how we build infrastructures that are talking about healing the country, healing our bodies, preparing ourselves for the future and making sure that this tyranny never, ever comes back again. And I think Dr. Zelenko was brave to even want to do this. But then he said, listen, ZStack is a product that I believe in. It has helped millions of people around the world. Well, we're gonna give 10% of that to the foundation so you can start to get to work. And I was very, very pleased to hear that because you know, when you start these organizations, they're always starving for cash. And I saw over the last several decades, how corporations have destroyed the nonprofit sector, the foundation um, sector, because they have taken them over and used them for horrible things. Well, we're gonna use this foundation for to rise up this country, rise up our community and say, guess what? We are the creators of our own life and our own destiny through God. And I think that's where we're going with this.
0: I agree with you that the left has weaponized nonprofits. Uh, Look at what happened with BLM, where the corporations donated really in the billions of dollars. And then that money somehow funneled into the Democratic Party. It was like a, a money laundering scheme. But what you're describing, it seems like, you're trying not to be partisan. You're trying to build bridges here and f- realize that this is something we can all rally around, health freedom. This is something we should all believe in. doesn't matter about party politics. Is that right?
4: Right, that's absolutely correct. One of the things I've learned after traveling, as long as I have for the last two years, this world is waking up and this whole tribalism between Democrats and Republicans, nobody wants it anymore. Nobody wants to hear that. They want to hear elected officials creating good public policy to heal life, to develop good life, to build a future for this country. Nobody wants to hear what the Republicans have to say about the Democrats and the Democrats have to say about the Republicans. They wanna know how do we preserve our body autonomy? How do we save this country? How do we we find a way to have ownership on our lives again without the government telling us what to do? And I think this foundation is gonna be the gateway for that. I think this foundation is gonna open up that dialogue. I think this foundation is gonna show the country and show the world that an institution like this can thrive as long as it has the right principles and it has a moral base of truth and a moral base that's connected to something greater than themselves. And I think that's the real good principle and a real sounding principle of this organization.
0: I think it has so much potential, just the the level of consciousness of the founder, Dr. Z, and then the leadership he's he's putting in there, you guys, and a funding source for his great, uh, you know, Uh, supplement that that helps people it seems like a winning combination what are some action steps now if people want to learn more get involved what's next for for well if you come and join
4: us at the the zfreedomfoundation.com please come there we have a landing page it's just been we've created it in the last 15 days so we're building out a bigger website we have a great marketing team we have a great pr team you know right now we're our en number and everything is being um, um, developed I mean, so we're working night and day. I mean, between Ann and I and traveling and working and doing all the stuff that we love, we're building this institution. And, you know, one thing that Dr. Zelenko did, he gave us resources immediately. And we were very pleased about that. You know, to build an institution is a very, very tough thing. And I know it's not for the faint heart. And I got to tell you, Sean, I never wanted to do this again. I never wanted to run another institution. So when people saw me building out Urban Global Health Alliance, they thought I lost my mind because I've spent so much time in that space. I know their language, I know their science, I know what they're planning on doing, I understand their politics, I understand who's funding them, I understand all of it, so I have a leg up. And my messaging was always getting people to understand what this big ugly thing looks like, but also given the opportunity to say, we can do better, we can build out a community, we can build out our families, we can take charge of our lives again without ever worrying about this nonsense. Making sense of the madness. I actually love that. I think I, I, when you were out one time, I did your show. And I got to tell you, it is the appropriate um, term to use because every day we get up, we're making sense out of the madness, but we also looking at that madness and saying we're never coming back this way again. So we have to build a new world around education, a new world around health, a new world about what ownership really means. And guess what? I think our government right now is starting to figure out that we no longer are interested in what they have to say
0: that's true and i'm just so happy that you have a megaphone and a platform on american media periscope at the reawakening america tour on uh, this new foundation and and van der steele also to be able to share this message in a big way uh that's what we need we we, we need uh you know our version of george soros on our side is that's actually right. you know the fun- funding and awakening Thank you so much for joining us, Kevin. Looking forward to an update very soon. Coming up next, we do have Chris Paul. He'll be exposing the deep state agenda on display at the G7 conference as soon as we get back.
2: Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, and political instability. They all have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. They can also cause gold and silver to go up. There's a time to be in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, and there's a time to get out. This is the time to hold gold and silver. Kirk Elliott, double PhD, has been protecting individual Americans' assets for more than two decades. Hi, I'm Kirk Elliott. There's no such thing as a bad investment. There's only bad
6: timing for investments. And now is the time to own gold and silver.
2: Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, a 401k, and of course, outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets. Please call 720-605-3900. 720-605-3900 for gold, silver, and undeniable economic protection against out-of-control government.
3: Our nations and our world stand at a genuine inflection point in history. Technology has made our world smaller, more immediate, and more connected. Today, we officially launched the Partnership for Global Infrastructure and Investment. We collectively have dozens of projects already underway around the globe. And I'm proud to announce the United States will mobilize $200 billion in public and private capital over
0: the next five years for that partnership. Well, that was resident Biden at the G7 event. And now we're gonna talk to Chris Paul from the Be Reasonable podcast. Give us his perspective on how the deep state is really exposing their agenda here at the G7.
6: Yeah, I'm, I'm loving it when they just put it all right out there for the public to see. And of course, the problem that we have in society is that people don't look and don't see it and then don't think about what the impact of the words actually is. You know, I don't believe that Joe Biden is in any sense a legitimate president, but he is legitimately communicating the global agenda. You know, I was saying yesterday on Telegram, I'm pretty happy and proud of myself that I began calling this whole thing global communism two years ago, despite people arguing with me and getting on my case and saying that that language was divisive. Well, it's exactly what we can see happening. What Joe Biden proposed yesterday and told the world that he was signing the U.S. up to, is nothing less than a westernized version of China's Belt and Road Initiative. He wants to standardize what he calls best practices around the world in terms of migration and climate and energy and a number of other things. And he wants to center some of these efforts in African nations, which are Targets, long-term targets of globalist takeover, and whenever I am looking to see what a country's history is with the globalists, you know, there's a few pretty simple internet searches you can do. He mentioned Senegal and Angola yesterday. You can jump on and open, you know, search engine like Jabiru. Uh, Quant is still okay, but has gotten worse. And you can type in the name of the country and Open Society Foundation research the history of the Open Society Foundation and what they've done in that country. You can look at the country's connections to U.S. Defense Department uh, biolab programs, and you can often find those histories. You certainly can in Senegal. And you can also search their election fraud history. And it turns out both of those countries have claims of election fraud uh, by the opposition um, in recent elections. And so what we can see is that the same program is played out throughout the world, the same program that we have dealt with here, that we have seen active. We need to stop being surprised about what it is. We need to see it as a global, cohesive effort aligned with a similar agenda and the same goals. And he's got it. He's laying it out for everybody. You can hear it. You just have to listen.
0: But isn't it ironic that, you know, Russia and China and the BRIC countries seem to be allied politically and economically right now, and those two countries have a history and some of them are actually still are communist and that's versus mm. the supposed capitalistic West, which is really just uh, uh, communism with makeup on. And you have this battle between those two uh, groups, East versus West over control and influence of Africa and, and what's left of the world. Uh, and, and they're both trying to do the same thing, bribe their way through these infrastructure projects to mm-hmm. launder money and 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 just control places for global dominance. It really is all about a new world order, that phrase that they love to repeat. So uh, was $600 billion a surprise that they threw that out? Uh, you know, What were some of the things that you latched on to?
6: Well... You know, the money to me is irrelevant in terms of the numbers. Obviously, they're just gonna continue piling up debt that they plan to, you know, just print. So once you're $30 trillion in the hole, those numbers begin to become a drop in the bucket. You know, there's the United States will never pay back that debt. Um, And so that debt is going to be settled out in one way or another. And hopefully we don't see the extreme version of how countries settle unpaid debts. But in terms of Russia and China, you know, you have to wonder what's going on there. And I often talk about this stuff. You know, we've discussed it before. I refer to this as the, the good twin evil twin paradigm, you know, just as we have. Different factions in the United States, some committed to globalism and some committed to American sovereignty and American nationalism. Uh, You know, I think that we can see that same uh, paradigm emerging, even in countries like China. You know, the CCP is one element of China, and there are other elements, and we shouldn't forget that when we are discussing other nations. It's very easy to say Russia does this, or China does that, or Brazil does this and it's accurate in some sense but to say for instance that the united states locked down due to COVID, well that's true to different degrees in different states parts of the country didn't lock down at all parts of them had pretty extreme lockdowns parts of the country tried to enforce vaccine mandates some parts of the country did not and so to explain those situations as simply the us did that you know we can see that that's inaccurate and i try to stay away from that same inaccuracy when discussing other nations especially because you know from an american perspective a lot of this stuff is stuff that we're dealing with for the first time and really considering for the first time you know the idea of cohesive nations acting cohesively and they're not being competing factions within those nations that's something that we took for granted and i think that that world and that that mindset is kind of fading as we see this stuff go on. You know, the people that were promoting the Chinese Belt and Road Initiative, in a, in large part, are the same globalists that are now calling Xi Jinping a threat to global stability. And when we witness the state media portrayal, the you know, the state media of the global communist state, when they are portraying leaders of other countries as authoritarians and dictators and autocrats, and the same way that they portray Donald Trump, they portray Viktor Orban, they portray Bolsonaro in Brazil, Modi in India, Putin in Russia. You can see a pretty, uh, pretty choreographed media narrative that has a specific intent, and it's to keep that the communist agenda rolling in spite of whatever forces in each individual country might be pushing back on it. So I think what we see is the global communists asserting themselves in Europe, and they are grasping at straws at this point, their power is being drained from them in Ukraine, and elsewhere. And I'm glad that they're just showing everybody what they really intend
0: right the the real opposite or foil to the belt and road initiative and the uh, davos you know globalist 600 billion dollars let's all be on the same page initiative is really america first and that type of right. nationalism where y- you invest in your own country instead of I- in influencing other countries right we've wasted how many trillions of dollars on iraq and afghanistan nation building and so forth and, and people are tired of it in the us and i'm sure uh, the EU is tired of giving away their wealth to uh, other nations uh, within the EU and outside of, of the EU, for example. So uh, th- we're, we need to go to those list of nationalists that you mentioned to be able to hear a different narrative than, than what they're saying at the G7. But a really important announcement that I heard is that at the G7, these groups of globalists that are anti-Russia, uh, they are outlawing or banning Russian gold imports into their country, exports from Russia to other countries. So to the G7 nations, that's a big thing because gold is kind of a de facto second currency in the world, right? And so they already tried to shut down uh, Russia's ability to transact internationally. It backfired. The Russian ruble actually skyrocketed as a result after it crashed. And so any thoughts on that announcement? I th- I haven't
6: looked deeply into it. I saw the headline. Um, I guess I'm going to wait and see kind of what happens with that. I would expect that like everything else they have tried economically and otherwise in this Russia situation, it is doomed to fail and to expose them and to make the situation regarding Russia that much worse. I mean, I think it is my read on it at first glance is that it's, an attempt to keep Russia within their global financial system. And Russia seems to me to have no incentive to do that. And certainly the power play is not having its effect. But even just I want I want to mention one more thing about this Biden speech. You know, the idea of global infrastructure itself should be like that is a very dystopian and Orwellian phrase. Like, what is global infrastructure? You know, we're going to make it easy for our operations to exist in other countries. Is it American infrastructure in Senegal? Is that globally owned infrastructure in Senegal? It's not Senegal's or else it would be infrastructure in Senegal. You know, we're talking about global infrastructure, everybody building these big projects together. And they're basically to do that. They're. So, siphoning money out
0: of their societies and putting yes, it in this big this globalist so pot. This is important to, to to emphasize because what they're really saying is some kind of global property and then who's mm-hmm. going to defend it, right? Is it, are, 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 who's, is, who owns it and uh, who's going to defend it? So are the UN troops supposed to go in when, when something bad happens, yeah. you know, and then we've got a new global police force is exactly – the slippery slope we're heading down. But uh, it was interesting how you didn't even go deeply into the Russian gold thing, but you, you really hit the nail on the head. And and I have looked a little bit into it and I came to the same conclusion as you that look what they tried to do to shut down Russia, shut down their financial system, all the imports and export blockages and all these things. And yet it ended up benefiting Russia, right? (laughs) They, They make more money when, when oil and gas is high and they can shut off, Uh, these exports to Europe and and that damages uh, European supplies and so forth. So Russia seems to hold all the cards and everything that the deep state does to try to battle against Putin and and Russia and his interests end up being like a a counter acted move, a move that's actually benefited them. It's like checkmates already happened. And so any move they make just makes it worse and worse. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, the only thing they've been able to do is make Putin look bad uh, in the tabloids. Really, it's just his public relations campaign at this point that they've been uh, temporarily successful on. Uh, but that doesn't mean much when Russia has the gas and they can shut it off from Germany. So any final thoughts before we switch gears to talking about Supreme, the Supreme Court and all the different Supreme Court things that are going on? Yeah,
6: just in line with what you were just saying, I mean, you got to think that they had a series of options that they could use uh, against Russia to get Russia to fall in line with what they're trying to do. Their best options are all gone. You know, they've been using option after option after option now for over
0: four months now since
6: the invasion. So you could say,
0: in other words, uh, they've been expending ammunition and they're running out. Yes, yeah, yeah. And they only have the bad
6: ammunition left at this point. And so, you know, which is not to say that they're not a threat any longer because they could go to much more dangerous options that could be much more destructive in the world. And that is what we have to guard against and keep our eyes open for. But in terms of these financial and economic options, if these were more effective than their initial options, they would have used them at the beginning. and. Uh, So it seems like it seems like they are just panicking and trying to, you know, throw the kitchen sink at them. And I don't see any reason, you know, in terms of trend or direction that anyone should think that that this is going to work or deter Putin or Russia in any way.
0: And it's just a preview. for Right. It seems like the 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 counter moves by Putin are to just reinforce this idea of of a financial and commodity blockade. Uh, Putin's considering uh, you know, banning exports of energy to the U.S., like uranium, for example. And that causes uranium, uranium prices to go really high. And we don't have the type of nuclear infrastructure in the U.S. to be able to handle that. So we get hurt when Putin does those things. And I agree with you that they're just trying to throw things at Putin and see what sticks. Nothing does. And so now they're kind of like a cornered animal who's desperate and trying these Hail Mary moves and it can get messy when that happens, but it also means we're close to the end of the fight uh, potentially. So we're going to take a quick break. I want to pick your brain about the Supreme Court, not just Roe v. Wade and, and the aftermath, but also some of these other decisions. There just seems to be a lot lining up that actually the Supreme Court was never compromised and that we're going to be able to keep on rolling out the wins. We're going to check in with you on that as soon as we get back.
5: Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I want to give each and every one of you one last chance to get my original My Slippers. Go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code, and you'll get your very own My Slippers for only $49.98. That's $90 off and the biggest savings ever. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four layer design that you won't find in any other slippers. My slippers patented layers make them ultra comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Not only that, they come with an indoor outdoor sole, so you can wear them anytime, anywhere. I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. And now you can get them for the best savings ever. Only $49.98. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now to get your very own my slippers for only $49.98. That's $90 off. We have extremely low quantities, and once they're gone, they're gone. So order now.
0: We were talking to Chris Paul of the Be Reasonable podcast about the G7 event And pretty soon we're going to talk about the Supreme Court. But first, Chris, any final thoughts on the G7, Biden's posture there, uh, any observations of of Biden or any other comments or words that stood out to you?
6: Um, Observations of Biden, I mean, he seems to be deteriorating before our very eyes, not that he started at a good point uh, three years ago when he began running for president, but Yeah, he looks like he's falling apart. He looks confused and uncomfortable. Uh, The entire display at the G7 was odd. It continually looks like the European leaders imagine themselves as like these media darlings that are like sitting around the cool kids table. And if only the rest of the world just sees more of them, the rest of the world will understand how great they are, and how noble they are, and how cool they are, and will all aspire to be just like them. It's just such an odd approach to uh, global politics. I mean, what it—it's it, just blatantly a PR campaign. Everything is staged and contrived. None of it is believable. None of it is clearly for the benefit of any of these nations' people, and the people of these nations know it. So what we're seeing is just the collapse of globalism on the world stage. And I personally could not be any happier.
0: That's a good point, Chris. I mean, for example, they keep putting Bill Gates out there doing ask me anything's on Reddit. And I'm wondering um, why do they keep putting this figurehead out there with this message when it's already been rejected by the public? And What they're forced to do with Biden's YouTube videos and Bill Gates things and all the things with the World Economic Forum, they have to disable all comments because they can't possibly let everyone else know how hated they actually are. So it becomes this one way broadcasting of their unpopular content, which is not a winning formula either. Right. That's not going to uh, end up working either. So it is uh, it is definitely a sign of their decline. Let's switch gears to the Supreme Court. With Roe v. Wade, the aftermath, the, the violence, some of the videos you saw in, in the intro there, uh, some of the people like Maxine Waters and AOC really kind of stoking the flames. Uh, so do you think we're in for another summer of love like we had in 2020 or do you think this could be different this time? Well, you
6: know, on Friday I talked about a, this a bit on the show and I was a bit worried because it seemed like they were really going to go for it. And I have always kind of imagined that at some point in this process, they would have an opportunity to take to the streets in a broad way like they did in 2020. But I don't think people are in the same mood as 2020. And the abortion issue is fundamentally different than the race issue. you know. In 2020, people were incentivized to be out there in the streets and post their black square on Instagram and conform to whatever the narrative is. No one can dispute it in any way, or they risk being called a racist and having their reputations um, harmed and their jobs taken from them. There was a real incentive to conform in 2020 that doesn't exist right now. Abortion isn't the same issue that race is. It is not this all encompassing obsession in this country. And what we saw this weekend is a total deflation of the, uh, the domestic terrorist ground game that the communists have been running here for the last decade in, you know, fits and starts. And I'm, I'm honestly, I'm really pleased. You know, I don't want to see any violence at all. I don't want to see these riots. I think that they're ridiculous. They clearly don't, um, accomplish the goals. They are cover-ups. They didn't accomplish the goals in 2020, by the way, either. They only covered up other stuff that was going on and they kept the division and the hatred out of 10. And that is really unfortunate, but The society hasn't been changed in the ways they want, and we can see that the Supreme Court is not only making it very difficult for them to achieve those goals, these are gonna have kind of resounding effects in the future as more issues come before the court. And this is the new precedent rather than Roe versus Wade. I think that we're gonna see a lot of changes there. I'm really looking forward to this decision that I guess now is probably coming on Wednesday, which is uh, West Virginia versus the EPA. Um, the challenge there is so, about Chris. Before we get before we get to
0: that, uh, I just wanted to respond to what you said about uh, how we've already been through this in in 2020 mm-hmm. with the riots and the violence and everything, and it took us by surprise, and so we uh, didn't know how to react, and a lot of people just reacted with the conformity protection mechanism. But there was a lot of deep state infrastructure in place to allow all that to happen. You had the celebrities uh, drumming up fundraising and bailing people out. You had the the corrupt DAs who, who were not charging people. And now today, my first thing that I reported was that when someone tried to blow some flames at an officer in LA, he got charged with attempted murder, which wouldn't have happened in 2020. He wouldn't have been charged with murder attempted murder. So, uh, you know, this is a different game. We've learned a little bit. It's going to be harder to get to lock us down when you've already been put us through a pandemic once around. So it's hard to do the same hop twice. Uh, but yeah, OK, let's get to the other Supreme Court things, because it's not just the abortion issue that's really been decided on. Recently, we've got the Second Amendment uh, really being protected. We've got, uh, you know, prayer and being able to do things like the coach uh, that was a ruling today that the coach that prayed on the field it ruled that he was constitutionally protected to practice his his religion while he was at the workplace so you know tell me what, what else you're talking about the West Virginia versus EPA right yeah um I, you
6: know I think that the common thread between these decisions that we've seen um you know on the second amendment on Roe versus Wade and Casey and now on the school prayer thing I think what we're seeing is a a resurgence of constitutional principles and a court that at least on these issues is prepared to uphold those constitutional principles. I mean, it, I, it remains to be seen. The Supreme Court status is an open question to me right now. But as long as uh, Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito seem to be the driving forces behind where the court is headed, uh, I think that we can, you know, get some fortification out of that. The EPA thing is going to be interesting because it is beyond just the EPA itself. This case is about whether or not these federal bureaucracies have the ability to set laws for industry around the nation. And I am really hopeful that the court sides with West Virginia against the EPA, because I think that this could have much more far-reaching implications. You know, a lot of what we saw throughout this last two years through this pandemic period, and even with other federal bureaucracies besides the ones involved in public health, we've seen federal agencies using undue, unelected, illegitimate power to implement rules that the Congress could not pass and that the president doesn't have the authority to issue himself. And so we're seeing a country that is being governed in unconstitutional ways. And if the Supreme Court decides in favor of West Virginia, I think maybe we're going to see the stripping back of some of that. And it couldn't come at a better time because we know that the same thing is being reflected in, in the states as well. You know, The states declared their emergency orders and then allowed the functioning of the state to be left in the hands of the public health community where it has no business being the people do not have representation in that instance and that is antithetical to what the you know what the country was designed to be
0: yes and thank goodness that trump weakened the federal government a bit starting in 2016 and during his term but now it needs to be, you know, really, really uh, deconstructed because we need to get rid of the Department of Education and a lot of these different things that are not adding any value to our lives and, and legislating, you know, over our lives when we need to determine our own things in our own states. So uh, I think this is a good trend. And I think it's showing that, yes, the Supreme Court is not completely lost if we're getting all of these wins all at exactly the same time. By the way, the timing is impeccable. So let's talk about uh, Q and the timing there. After all of that time, what was it, 1700 days since the first post uh, that Q came back, started questioning things about the original Roe and Roe v. Wade in recent posts. So uh, have you dug into these Q posts? Do you think they're the real Q or not? Are you still kind of waiting on that? And. Um, what do you? How do you interpret these Q posts? Because some people have like a, an allegiance to believing everything it says, and other people just say, "Hey, if it if it gives you interesting things to think about, that's where the value lies." So, uh, what are your thoughts?
6: Well, I'm definitely more aligned with the second group of people you just described, and I wrote about that extensively on Substack. Um, I was on a live stream with Patel Patriot and Patrick Gunnels the other night when that brand new Q post dropped, and so. That was kind of just bedlam as soon as that happened, because I mean, apart from whether or not you believe in Q, that's kind of irrelevant. I mean, Q is a real thing in the world, just proven by the level of media coverage and the number of people paying attention it is clearly important. So if something is real in the world and clearly important, then it deserves our attention and we should be attempting to understand it. And so that's the approach I take when um, there are new happenings in the Q world. And this obviously is an important one. Um, I'm gonna just keep observing what the community finds in terms of the realness and legitimacy of this Q being the old Q. I'm not the person to be able to uh, figure that out or discern the truth of it. So I'm just going to keep paying attention in terms of the the row post. That stuff is very interesting because, you know, the row versus Wade thing, Jane Roe, That's a lie. Like it was a contrived PSYOP, just like so many other things we've seen in the last few years. And we hesitate to believe that this stuff could be happening for this long, but it very clearly was happening for this long. And, you know, they tried to take down Clarence Thomas in his nomination hearings the same way they tried to take down Justice Kavanaugh. And Joe Biden led that fight. And, you know, that, what we could see in watching the footage from the Clarence Thomas hearings is a very concerted attempt to destroy the reputation of a brilliant black man to keep him out of a position of power. You know, Joe Biden was mentored by a Klansman, Robert Byrd, for decades in politics. This is kind of what the Klan used to do. And we saw a mentee of a Klansman do that to Clarence Thomas in a Supreme Court hearing. They made up a claim. They had the woman come out and make up the claim, just like they did with Justice Kavanaugh. And it's... It's real unfortunate, man. It's real unfortunate that stuff like that has happened throughout our country's history. But it is extremely important to note that these are the Democrats doing this. The Democrats have always done it. The Democrats are the party of the Confederacy, the party of the KKK, the party of Jim Crow, the party of Urban Decay, the party of the theft of the vote of black Americans. And it is really time that we as a society recognize exactly what the collectivism and communism of the Democrat Communist Party represents.
0: One of the things we're waking up to is their tactics. I've heard Nancy Pelosi explain how a wrap up smear is done. And, you know, you're right that uh, it's once again, they're they're trying to do the same PSYOP over and over again. And it didn't work uh, with Clarence Thomas or Kavanaugh. Uh, They just tried to ruin their reputation. But once again, that's not uh, where the real power lies, just in people's opinions. Uh, Clarence Thomas is on the court now, and he's making some waves. So thank goodness for that. Uh, Thank you, Chris Paul, the Be Reasonable podcast. Also, check out his Substack. Thank you for joining us. And also, I just want to say thank you for watching AmericanMediaPeriscope.com. We are America's patriot-only network. You can reach us at AmpNews.us. You can get my breaking news updates at SeanMorganReport.com. And also follow me on Truth Social at Sean Morgan Report. God bless all you patriots. Good night and good luck.